Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This week on Up to 90, we discuss vanilla ice. Ice, ice, baby. Vanilla ice, do you remember him? Listen. Something, something, do, 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 do. Someone got intense. Ice, ice, baby. Um, did you have a crush? No. No, I didn't. Did you? Jesus, were you crushing on anyone in the nineties? <laughs> um, yeah, had a few crushes. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, liked him. Really? Yeah, yeah, I liked him for a little while. I didn't I like him until Ryan Philippe. Loved I... Ryan Philippe. Whereas I'm more a brunette woman, Ryan but a couple of the blondies now. For so now, like... long, I used to say Ryan Felipe. Oh, Ryan uh, let's Felipe. just put that in the shka box. Up to ninety, up to ninety, up to ninety with Emma and Julie. Ryan Philippe is such a right. And actually, he is gorgeous. When I was a teenager, let me tell you something. When I was a teenager, I used to go to Stat Oil before school. Actually, I tell a lie, I wasn't a teenager. I was in sixth class. I was Get 12. your finger out of my face, <laughs> bitch. Right? Used to go to Stat Oil, okay? Stat Oil, for all the kids out there, used to be. Um, it was before Topaz and before Circle K. It was the cool petrol station. So it was the first one, Stato. So I go in when I was in sixth class and there was this fellow working there. He was a teenager and he was an absolute ride. And he was ginger. He was a ginger version of Ryan Philippe. Absolute ride. And guess who I see on the school run these days? My Ryan Philippe look like. No, and I'm sure he's got kiddies now, does he? Yeah, he does. does so we're going to try and figure it out. everyone have kids? Like, <laughs> fuck off, everyone. Honestly, if you don't have kids, will you please tweet me? And but we'll start you know our what, own though, little conversation. He, because honestly. Uh, he gave me a free timeout one day. I didn't want to say I fucking hate timeouts. Who likes timeouts? So I just said thanks because I fancied him. And then he was never in, he was never in Stoddall again. I think it must have been his last day or something. So I used to go in and have the chats with him. So I was mad for him. Do you think he had to leave? <laughs> it sounds like he had to leave. It sounds like he chatted up a schoolgirl one too many times and they were like, listen, we know that you look like Ryan Felipe. And he was like, it's Philippe. And he, they were like, whatever. <laughs> but you have to leave. And also the 90s, of course, that was a great time because if your till was short in the 90s, did you ever work in a supermarket? I worked in a news agency, all right, yeah. 
But if your till was ever short, you'd have to, they dock your wages. Oh, well, actually. And one week in Super Fanny and Dinkle, I kept happening to me. And the yeah. girls in the office were just so tormented by me. But like one week, I, this poor woman came down. She was like white in the face. And she was like, your till is down like 700 euro. Jesus Christ. But I'd put in a few wrong zeros or something. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I worked in so a was only I out like a 70. But I felt that 70 that week. Um, I worked in Alex Kelly's in Rath Farnham, hashtag spawn. And uh, that was fine. But he used to tell stories. He was a real grumpy fella. He used to tell stories about it. He had another shop in Crumlin and how he caught somebody stealing it. And he's like, just fucking take them out the back and beat the shit out of them and all. Like trying to, I had no intentions of robbing from him. But another girl who we were like mates with in school, like not Bessie Bums, but like, you know, these kind of people like you'd meet walking home and stuff. Well, anyone you call your Bessie Bum isn't going to be your mate. (laughs) Do you want to be your my busy bum? <laughs> Sorry, I'd be calling Don't the cops I, if I anyone said, said that to me to you before. Busy bums. No, but like we do have a tattooed on our fucking bums. I know. Busy one, one sheep bum one the other. Night. Ooh, but uh, she worked in this place. Uh, I'm not. I can't go into details. But she used to rob cigarettes from the place and credit and sell it to us, and sometimes just give it to us for free. They she never credit. got fired. Do you remember all the times people credit come card. in and they'd the be like, my card. credit isn't working. And you're like, fuck <laughs> The system works. It's you that doesn't work. But do you remember you used to get the card and you'd scratch off and it'd have the number that you'd have to do. And now it's just like on a fucking receipt. It's real cash. But, before but is it was credit whole still palama. happening? Yeah, I buy credit. I'm still not Phil. Are you still on credit, you little squirrel? Yeah. Burn her phone. <laughs> you're a gas. Honestly, when you tell, I'm not going to tell the world how much you have saved. I don't know what's happening. I feel like I'm in a really good mood. I'm just like, I'm getting nervous. I tell you, that's what's happening over here. Do you know what I was thinking? Um, Do you know who makes me very nervous? Oh my God. People reading the Bible. (laughs) Because there's a lot of American students floating around these days and they're reading the Bible. Is that something they do? And obviously they do it in America. I don't know. But it does make me nervous. Well, look. Very normal girl Mm. sat beside me in a coffee shop and she asked to use my plug, which is not a euphemism. I was just sitting beside the plug. Yeah. And she asked me to put it in, but I didn't really... She was kind of telling me I was putting it in. You know, it wasn't like, would you, you know, the way the Irish are so pl- yeah. pl- like, if an Irish person asked yeah, you to plug mind. their phone in, yeah. they would literally be like just cutting a crosshatch pattern in their arm with, with self flagellation. Like, I am so sorry for ruining your day and taking up your time and taking up your space with yeah. my life. But is there any chance, any chance at all? Thanks a million. Possible. Thanks a million. A if million this doesn't suit thanks. you, just let me know. Now look, it's totally fine, but is there any chance? And you're like, just fucking ask me. Could you blow? Yeah, Grant. Now fuck off out of my life. But um, no, Why so this girl was there. This not wasting a five-year-old coffee at Chonin at some <laughs> random man clutching a bible but it was actually a girl so she was kind of telling me to put it in so I was like yeah Grant and um, then I noticed she was highlighting an old bible I mean no judgement if that's what you're into look but if it you're does into make God, me a little bit nervous but he's not real so. I now you know I am into God like I'm a little bit holy but I realised the reason I'm sharing this is because it's obviously my own bias like it is do you know what I mean maybe it's a bias I have in me 
that Jesus what's up with reading the Bible like it's you know what I mean it's probably a bit narrow minded on my part but it's just so unusual to see it what if I was in, in America Dublin. and say like a woman said to me you know say something good happened and she said that's God now that's God working I would like grand but if I was in Ireland and somebody my age said to me that's God working now I would like see ya like an but old I woman do. could say to me but if a young but woman you said see, it to I me I am all about say, the God it's the Bible that I just find such a mad text to give any credence to is that your and you know I'm kind of thing? but you but you know I am you see I do have this bizarre, well that's not, not a bizarre reputation but I suppose people find it a bit mad that I actually would I would have a faith like I would like candles I would say prayers all that kind of jazz and I know we've discussed this before mm. in the podcast and you're like what the fuck are you talking about Judy but I it's just it's interesting it's obviously my own bias is what I'm saying that like you see someone with the Bible and the multicolored highlighters. I'm like, what are you doing? It's well, just Judy, such a mad, it's a mad text. Yeah, it's I a know, mad book. Judy, maybe she's just like crazy you, tales. A little bit into God, lighting a few candles, saying a few prayers. But maybe she's willing to do a little bit of the hard work, Judy, and read the Bible. Maybe she doesn't like reading a bit. It's not a buffet. Is that what you're telling me? It's not a bit of this, a bit of that. Like, you're just doing all the nice stuff. Saying a few prayers, asking for stuff, light a few candles. Who doesn't like lighting candles? She's putting in the graft as well. Well, because do you know what I I want to do in the next couple of weeks? I probably is framed by the fact I was watching this fantastic documentary on Waco, which Mm. remember I was saying that I'd like to do it on the podcast, but we were saying a little bit too heavy. So let's just go for the obvious next choice, which is vanilla ice. <laughs> Welcome to our thought process. We're erratic. Um but yeah, so but I think it was just within the context of someone who like I mean so much of his power stemmed from his ability to quote read and interpret the Bible. Yes. And you know the way he claimed he was the lamb of God, like the actual lamb. And then things got all trippy because in the documentary, like, which, by the way, BBC, a little bit too much filler for my liking. But anyway, it's like they have like animations of him as a lamb, like God lamb. Mm. It's all a bit. That's if you were listening to last week's podcast, that was also when I thought I was being gassed. So let's just move on. Okay. Me first, you first. Well, we can both go. We have to do an ad. Yeah. Well, we're in somebody's podcast now. We are in a podcast. Who's fucking podcast? Somebody's <laughs> podcast from the Headstuff Network because we're going to tell them about our podcast. Oh, yeah, Dublin Podcast, yeah. So I'm PJ Gallagher. And I'm Suzanne Kane. And this is sort of an ad for the Dublin Podcast. Um, stick us in your ears if you haven't done so already. What do we do on our podcast? I don't know, but we've done it 111 times and there's loads more of it to come. Dublin, the podcast. Yeah, Suzanne's fucking sound. I'm a pain in the earth. It's a sort of a magical thing. Factually correct. Vanilla Ice. Tell me about them. So basically Vanilla Ice, let me tell you about Vanilla Ice. So Vanilla Ice was a young rapper. Yes. Uh, he actually, so he was actually, to be fair to him, so he was originally from, te- he spent a lot of to time in Texas fair. and Florida okay. as a young to man. Be fair. And he used to dance in the club. So he used to dance in a couple of clubs. I want to find the name of the club now here. He used to dance in Miami, okay? Mm-hmm. And this place called City Lights. And he was a fantastic dancer, really into the break dancing, all that kind of crack. And he did kind of, 
garner a little bit of attention because he was okay. a good looking guy and people were like who is this white boy who is he was throwing the moves in the club throwing the moves all the rest I'd so, say he was quite impressed because he looks quite built and quite tall yeah he was a good looking guy Robert Matthew Van Winkle of course is his real name and he released an album and uh, he released an album in 1989 and in 1990 he released another album called To The Extreme which okay. contained his best known hits he was a bit of a one hit wonder Ice Ice Baby and Play That Funky Music so oh is that that previous that? to that no what song is that Play That Funky Music it's a it's a it's it's a he sampled Play That Funky Music oh, right okay. boy. Yeah, yeah yeah so basically his early life then so he was born in Dallas and he as I said he moved to Miami etc had a couple of stepfathers along the way uh, right. and he said which I really loved so a couple of interviews that I watched with him he was talking about how he was so affected by hip hop from a very young age right. and what he loved about hip hop was he like run DMC all that absolutely idolized them because he was like it was poetry so that's what he loved was poetry and which was really nice in an interview actually he was talking about how like he wasn't good at school Mm. he didn't feel he was good at English but he just loved poetry which I just thought was so interesting and what was also interesting was people kind of just presumed uh, like he started like rapping you know doing rap battles and all that kind of crack and people just presumed that like the back black community hated him like, because here's this white guy kind of trying to, I suppose you could say, like appropriate their culture and all that. Yeah. But he was really consistent in interviews. Not at all. He was like, I was so accepted. I was so used to playing to all black audiences. He actually used to support MC Hammer, was supporting okay. MC Hammer and all yeah, that. that. And he was saying, sense, I don't colorize pop. Like, I didn't colorize music. You know, that wasn't the case. And it was only with his release of Ice Ice Baby and what's the other one called? Um, Play That Funky Music that he obviously got a little bit more successful. And that's when he started playing to white people. So he was like, until that point, okay. it was like black community all the way. He was supporting NWA. He supported run. Uh, he supported uh, Public Enemy, MC Hammer, as I said. So he oh, was like... I didn't know this at all. I thought like Ice Ice Baby was his debut single and that that was the start of his career. I didn't well, it realize was the first, that he was... He had been doing rap battles and all that kind of thing, but I think a lot of people presumed that he had been manufactured by the industry. Uh, that's what I thought. Yeah. I thought so he, was he actually was manufactured. of the streets, had done his homework, like was of this world. So it was actually really lovely to hear him talk about the fact that like he was like, I, I had no issue lot, with these guys. Like a lot more respect from now that yes. you say that. So what happened was SBK, SBK Records signed him and they the original released what is it play that funky music yeah. and that was the one that they wanted to push so that was the A site right. sent it off to all the radio stations was not happening was oh. not flying at all okay. then the radio stations started playing the B side which was Ice Ice Baby mm. and that's when people were like really like that song play that song and that's basically how it became the first ever hip hop rap song to go number one on the billboard charts so that was huge Oh, so that like because you know and you know Vanilla Ice he kind of talks about this he's like you, it did kind of change the game for everyone so he was like that's why I think you know people presume that like I was just kind of this guy who kind of like was I'm paraphrasing here but basically bandwagoning on this whole thing but he was like it kind of changed the game for everyone then so it was like a good thing and people like really supported yeah. me because they knew it was like kind of you know my scene my music etc but of course when he got the paycheck when, once he started to sell, he's had like he sold 160 million like 
albums, which is obviously Jesus. huge. But, you know, once he got the paycheck, that's when he started, you know, to overexpose himself. So he does admit that the SPK records were really, they actually said after the fact, they were like, we made a mistake. Like we overexposed him. He, you know, we kind of maybe overestimated his commercial capacity. Went off to do the Ninja Turtles movie. That was a low point. Oh, God. Did the Ninja Turtles movie with the Ninja rap. Um, well, I mean, I say low point, but he got a million books out of it. And he was like, look, at that stage, I was just all about the moolah. He went on then to, um, he went on to, hang on two seconds. He went to uh, do his own movie, which was called Cool as Ice. Absolutely panned, as you can imagine, by the critics, based on his life. But even I was actually watching clips from it. And I mean, I was literally chewing my scarf off. Like it was just so bad. Jesus. Like really, really bad. I was surprised to hear that he was the first um, rap artist to go at number one. Because I thought like Run DMC. You would think that. Because obviously they had the whole crossover thing. And and obviously it is a bit fucking. I mean, you know, you would imagine if I was the black community, I probably would be a bit fucking pissed off that like this, you know, white kid comes along and he's the guy who scores the first number one record. When you think the likes of Run DMC, I mean, it's unbelievable that they didn't have a number one. I just I just thought the kind of crossover into the mainstream had happened before that. No. So then so also kind of in 1990. Yeah. And then Why? 1990, of course, as well, a big year for him with Ice Ice Baby began an eight month relationship with Madonna. And there was actually a great interview that he did um, on the Dan Patrick show because he had uh, in his later years, of course, as we know, oh, he made cle- a lot of money. Clever old Madonna. Got quite distracted. Got involved, uh, you know, the sex, drugs, rock and roll. And he essentially kind of lost it all, really, you know. Yeah. And he ended up like, you know, it's, I suppose it's the kind of, it's the, it's not the usual journey, but unfortunately it's like all too typical. Uh, was doing too much partying, as he said himself. Uh, he talked about the 4th of July, actually. He threw a party in, I think it was, let me have a look. It was in the... Uh, nine is so nineteen ninety four. He threw uh he threw a party. He'd had a couple of albums. They didn't do that well. Extremely live and all that. It just didn't really work. Right. Became quite open about how he liked to smoke cannabis. People were looking at him as okay. You're now a bit of a joke. And he lost his commercial value. But then of course his like old community were a bit like okay. You've kind of sold out. So he was kind of falling between the two stools. So he did attempt suicide at a party that he threw on the fourth of July. Um, he just said that he looked around this room of people and he realized that none of them would be there if it wasn't for the money so that was a low moment and then after that he said he kind of turned himself around he was like look the music isn't happening so he went back to what was originally his first love which was actually motocross racing got all into jet skiing and became the number number six jet skier in the world so he got all into these like kind of you know extreme sport well I suppose jet skiing is hardly an extreme sport is it? So it's a bit like Shane Lynch from Boys Don't Getting Into The Car Racing is it? Well, I'll tell you what they it's like to use a boy's own. I'll give you, I'll give you a boy's own analogy. So I'll tell you what it is like. So <laughs> later in his career, I, Keith, later in his <laughs> career, he starts working on the DIY network. He actually had this really successful show called the Vanilla Ice Project, which oh, basically right. revolves around DIY. Did and. really really well. So it was it was on it was uh, on air season after season after season, mm. and then he got involved in lighting. So Capital Lighting in Florida, 
They're also in New Jersey if you want to check them out. And he uh, got involved with them and with these vanilla ice light fixtures in recent years. Mm. And in the ad, if you watch the ad, it is so cringe. He does actually say, lights, lights, baby. He does it. I know. Do you need a shower? Do you want a shower? But it's catchy enough, isn't it? Catchy enough, but ice now. So kind of similar to Keith and the whole tyres. You know, you're driving along the M50 and next thing you see Keith Duffy holding a tyre in the back of a white van. But sure, you know, as in at the same time, he's like, because actually in that Dan Patrick interview, which was absolutely brilliant, because he was asking him about the whole, like, because there were rumours that he had been threatened by Shug Knight on a balcony and that Shug Knight had like hold, held him over yes. the balcony all that kind of crack he was like absolute rubbish he was like what happened but I had to laugh because he was like absolute rubbish but then he told the story and you're like it sounds still equally terrifying but he's like it's just what happened he was saying that when he was in LA that Shug Knight he was in this hotel Ryan. and he walked into his hotel room and Shug was already there with all the bodyguards so he's like the whole idea being it's like he was trying to tell me look I know where you're at like at all times like I own this city so he took him out on the balcony to have a chat which Again, does not really, you know, it doesn't. Bit of still a little bit disconcerting. Bandersnatch, was it? A little bit, and he was like, "Just so you know, you pay to play in this city. So if you want to play LA, like you've got to give me money. Like that's how it works." And Dan Patrick was like, "And did you pay him?" He's like, "Of course I did." Like that's, but he was really nice about it. He was like, "This is how the system works." Shug Knight, what a baddie. Such a dodgy one. And then he did talk as well about... Just like comedy, there's just something it? really... I tell you what, there's something very likeable about Vanilla Ice. Like he did the whole, you know, we went down the whole dancing yeah, with the stars, too, vo- yeah. v- uh, you know, thing and all that. But even in interviews, even now, like, you know, he got married, had a couple of kids, but they were ma- like, they were married for a considerable period. Like they are since divorced, but they were, they were married for a considerable time, had two little kids, did the whole family man thing. But in interviews, when he's asked about women, which I really like, like he's always been asked about Madonna because mm. of course he had this eight month relationship with Madonna in 1990. But he talked about how like she came into, which we would totally believe because, you know, referring back to our Madonna expert episode. I know, that yeah. We, okay. that we put together Expert, a couple yeah. of weeks ago she came back to him after a gig and was like great show into his dressing room and he, she, he was like and that night we were having cocktails and when pressed he's like I will say no more it's not gentlemanly and I'm like you know what I respect that vanilla ice I know because like if he did a book that would be like oh two huge. chapters and yeah. he like because he did say he was like he recently did uh he recently did a show in well relatively recently in the last couple of years in Florida and I think it was Florida right I'll have to double check that one um but uh, one of his one of his band were like or one of his dancers was like oh Madonna's actually here so mm. he was like oh it's like you know it's it's mad like to see her or whatever you know after all this time but I just was like really respected that because I was like it's nice to see like he's not a sellout Eminem of course has referenced him in some some of his songs as he does you yes. know sagging him etc and again like Vanilla like he did attempt once I think to roast him back but then he you know kind of stepped away from me and was like look I think he's great like I have no yeah. beef with him or whatever I think like you know, you can you can see how it would happen. You're slogging away at a few years at whatever your artistic craft is and then you get a big opportunity and you've all these yes people around you who want you to do the big things so you make loads of cash. 
it must be very hard to make the right decision. And then you just make a few dodge decisions and do a couple of things that are a bit cheesy, whatever. I can totally understand how it would happen. But you know what, though? He talks about he's like, if I went back now, I would do the same thing. It's like I was a young guy. I was offered money. He was like, I don't. But he seems like someone. He's a very centered person that he was like, I was a young guy. I didn't come from much money. I was offered a million dollars to do the Ninja Turtles. Like he's still all Team Ninja, by the way. He refuses. I mean, it wasn't a bad decision. You might say credibility wise, it was questionable. But financially speaking, it wasn't a bad decision. Cool as ice, 8% rotten tomatoes he couldn't care less like he doesn't seem to take himself that seriously and I think even when I looked at I kind of started looking at him like I had this presumption that he was this embittered guy um, you know like Eminem had come along and kind of stole his crown as like this exciting new thing and the rap scene etc but actually when I was looking at him and the different interviews he didn't come across like that at all like seems like a really nice guy yeah. and even obviously people do ask him like you know do you kind of regret some of the decisions he made etc and you know yearn for what was or think of what might have been or you know do you look at new stars now and feel a bit jealous and he's like I have a life I have a real life like that's what he keeps saying it's like I have a family I work you know I do good honest work and I have a life like I'm happy with what I have so I was like god that's actually really nice to hear it's so refreshing yeah yeah and actually one of the things of course as you can imagine when they came out with Eye Size Baby they had not paid any royalties to of course David Bowie and Queen mm. um, so they hadn't paid any royalties for Under Pressure so obviously then what they had to do was yes so they had to cough up and he did I had to laugh because one of the interviews and I found the original interview and I was about to make a comment like seriously cop the fuck onto yourself in eyes but then I found another interview where he was like in the previous interview when he's young and immediately after the fact and they're saying like what would you say to people who think you've sampled this from mm. Queen and he was like no 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 because like their one's like and our one's like and like I was sitting there like come on come on he's like the hook's completely different the hook's completely different but when he's asked about that later he's like I was a jackass like obviously we stole their song like that's what it was but then he said he was like ultimately it wouldn't have been an issue if it hadn't been so successful which is probably true as well yeah so what he did was which is such a Michael Jackson move he went off and he um, bought the song so you know the Michael Jackson bought the Beatles records yeah so Michael Jackson when you're buying your Beatles album like Michael Jackson's estate are the ones profiting Sorry, from can that we, can we just talk about Michael Jackson for a second do you remember his son's Blankets. No. Did you or see his, blankets yeah. emerged from the blanket? Did you see him recently? <laughs> no, has he? He's got like a bob. He's like fully grown, like I'd say seventeen year old. Oh jeez, we'll have to have a look at that. I'd sorry, I didn't mean the sons, I meant the nephews, three T. Do you remember them? What was the song they did with Michael? Well let's look it up. Do because I want to yeah. sing song. Because I tell you, so basically Vanilla Ice so he talks about how he bought the song. It cost him $8 million, but he's like, I've no beef with Queen or David Bowie or any of these people. He was telling me how like he's never met David Bowie, but he met Brian May, who of course is from Queen. Yeah. And he was saying, oh, the, you know, like he came to one of my shows and he was like, that was great. Blah, blah, blah. I loved it. And you're like, well, of course he loved it because he owns the fucking song now. <laughs> but yeah, so basically he cost him $8 million. But Jesus. he bought the sample rights and he's all about like, listen, it, and then I had to laugh. He was like, it was a tough lesson, but like it did kind of 
it basically like um it gave me a lot of lessons when it, it taught me a lot of lessons when it comes to like publishing rights etc and you're like that is one expensive grind skill but you know it sounds like that he liked the creative stuff and the music but his real passion was money so that's why I think yeah. he's like well, I'm not I don't mean that in a bad way so that's why he's like look that was great crack but you know I have a life well he wasn't very prolific when it came to the music like he you know talks about how much he loved rap etc but like you would see a lot of comments even on the music video like I mean he kind of became a parody he was a real ah, 90s yeah. parody with the clothes and the shoulder pads and the he pants and the hair but you couldn't I mean you couldn't but I mean everyone like you know Kevin Bay Bacon to this what is is this 3T do you remember this song no wait I'll get into that come on let's uh, oh god uh, tell me why do you remember why do Mondays I love the way Emma has the song in her hand but she's like why play it when I can sing it <laughs> Was that with 3T? Yeah. 3T, if you're listening, get in touch with someone you trust. They could definitely do a charity. But he did become a bit of a parody of himself. But ultimately, like, sure, he was the man. And the fact that he went out with Madonna just makes him a total 90s king. Yeah. And, like, Kevin Bacon did a great uh, take off of him. And, like, you know, Saturday Night Live and all this. Like, he was quintessential Mr. 90s. Oh, big star. But he's, like, 50. I do, I'm like you though I do, I do quite like him oh you couldn't but like him and like the fact that like you know he's like I do good honest work and like again that quote which I really liked he said you know um, he was talking like he's like I have he's like because somebody asked him in an interview like you, are you bitter mm. he's like how can I be bitter I've got a beautiful family and I've got a real life yeah so that's it like he just you know made hay while the sun shone as my mother used to always say, took the few paychecks, he did the Ninja Turtles, he did Cool as Ice, which is 8% rating on Rotten Tomatoes and is quite possibly the worst film you will ever watch. He does not give a fuck. Yeah. He owns under pressure. Ah, uh, yeah, what's your love? He owns <laughs> under pressure. Well, Vanilla, and I had to laugh because to come on the podcast just before we finish up in yeah. the fastest recorded um, podcast episode ever. <laughs> I was in work today because my day job. I'm a freelance teacher, in case you didn't know. By mm. day, um, living my life as a double agent, but I was a little bit overwhelmed. Uh, it does happen sometimes. Right. Uh, I was a little bit overwhelmed in school. A lot was happening. Trying to teach the class, a lot of things going on, a lot of lists going missing, a lot of children having the audacity to look for their. Res- Results back. I mean, I'm sorry, you only did your exam six weeks ago. Give me a chance. Yeah. Um, but I had to laugh because I had a really lovely group at the time. And I said, look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. OK, it's just that I'm a little bit under pressure at the moment. And I heard some noise from the background. And I was like, listen, just if you're going to do an impression on me, please just do it on your own time. Leave the comedy to me because they have been known this group to do uh. a few impressions of my high pitched, grating nasal you know, monotone fucking, is it even a voice? I don't even have a word for it. And they were like, what? No, I wasn't doing a question. I was like, it's fine if you were. That's absolutely fine. New year, new us, but just leave the comedy to me. Okay, I'm very busy. I'm under pressure. And they were like, no, we were just singing the song. And I was like, fair enough. Good point, well made. Under pressure. Mm -mm. We should actually, will we play out on this? 
Do we have any do we have any request, anything to ask of our audience, our listeners, before we finish up? Get in touch. Get in touch. We haven't heard from a few people for a while. Skiving and diving, if you're out there. <laughs> what happened to Dave of the pink shirt? Do you remember uh-huh. lovely Dave? He was one of our first champions. Dave, are you all right? Are you under pressure, Dave? <laughs> Imagine though going off in one about teachers are human too. If you're doing an impression of me, that's okay. But let's move on. And they were like, we're just singing the song. Get over yourself, miss. Do you remember Jedward's take on this? Yeah. Jedward had to pay money to Vanilla Ice. That's where the world is now. I've been Julie J. I've been Emma Louise Dorn. Oh, we're, is that what we're doing? Yeah. Emma is that Louise what's Dorn. happening? Emma D. I've been Emma D. Julie J and Emma D. Julie J and I've been Julie J. I've been Emma D. Julie Ann Mary is what I took for my confirmation name, but we really need to wrap this podcast okay. up now. G- goodbye. What was your confirmation name? Josefa. On that note. <laughs> I knew it was. I just wanted to end on a note. Okay, bye guys. See ya. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.